Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? Oh my goodness. Christmas is in four days. No, I kind of can't believe that. Um, There's been no buildup to anything this year, so. I know. I am looking forward to having some time off work. Um, and yeah, that's going to be chilling, nice. having some fires. Yeah, it's going to be great. Also, maybe watching some Christmas movies. Maybe. We haven't really yeah, done that yet. Maybe watching some. We'll you know, definitely watch some Christmas yeah. movies. Um, one thing that I was talking to one of my coworkers about is watching the movie Die Hard for Christmas. Yes. Laura has never seen actually, Die Hard. Yeah. Which, I, I might have seen it, like, bits and pieces of it, but I don't think I've ever watched it, like, all the way through. Which I'm pumped up because yeah. I get to watch Die Hard with my wife, which is going to be fantastic. Yeah. But so, most of what you know about Die Hard is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I know. <laughs> which That's is true. fine. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah. So I feel like I have a good premise. And I've definitely seen some of it like i've seen scenes from it before it's hard not to yeah um but yeah so christmas night maybe we'll just watch die hard That's i'm into wine. it i am into it also hard for me to believe this is our second to last episode of the season i know episode 19 our penultimate episode of season yeah. one of where did this come from which is crazy i know we've kept it up and we're like we still are enjoying talking to each other we, so that's good. <laughs> we're thoroughly enjoying doing the show yeah. on top of living on top of each other and constantly seeing each other yeah. all day every day although i feel like since work has been busy for both of us we don't really see each other that much during that's the day. true that's true i will say the the marriage test of the last nine months is i feel like we've passed which is yeah. I had no concerns, but it's always good. It's always good to get that <laughs> affirmation in there. Yep, I I agree. Speaking of being our, <clears throat> speaking of being our second to last episode of the season, welcome back everybody to another episode of Where Did This Come From, the podcast where we talk about all things delicious and their origin stories. I'm Trevor, and I'm Laura, and today we are going to be talking about gingerbread. Ginger. Gingerbread. So um, I think Emily, our friend Emily, guessed correctly on Instagram. So yes, yes. Go M. And we also owe another shout out for the tea episode to oh. Rob Day. Oh, yes. Rob Day. Mr. Who, Rob Day. Uh, will hopefully be joining us for an episode uh, in season two. Absolutely. So stand by for that. Absolutely. Rob Day of Springdale Beer. Yes. It's going to be a real exciting episode. It will be. Um, okay. So gingerbread. And I actually made gingerbread cookies this weekend. Yes. In they came out very cute, homage actually. To <laughs> in this homage episode. to this episode. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if I would really have time to make cookies this year, but alas, You made it work. Here we are. You made it work. And they're adorable, too. Yeah, they're actually quite cute. I'm pretty proud of them. We're going to eat them after we're done with this. <laughs> um, okay, so gingerbread. Yes. Obviously. Excellently done. May, or maybe not. <laughs> Sorry. And that's it. That's a wrap. <laughs> Um, so ginger root was first cultivated in ancient China, uh, where it was commonly used for medical purposes. Mm -hmm. So stomach aches, yeah. um, digestion, yeah. all that good stuff. Still is too. Still is. Yes. And we'll kind of go through that. But Chinese recipes were developed during the 10th century, uh, and spread to Europe through the Silk Road, much oh, okay. like everything else. Yeah. 
Um, one thing to note is, you know, we're going to be talking about gingerbread cookies and loaves. And, you know, one of the historians basically was saying the you can trace the original recipes in like their most basic format into ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Um, however, all these recipes kind of change with the spices that are available. Right. That makes sense. So as spices become more available throughout the world, they're using those spices in their already traditional recipes. Gotcha. So so there's slightly different variants on this from different parts of the world, basically? Sort of. Um, but be, what I'm trying, what I'm getting at is, you know, we could trace this back to ancient Rome or ancient Greece. Gotcha, gotcha. But they just had like kind of a, like the honey cake version, which I think we've kind of talked about before. Yeah. Um, but gingerbread obviously really doesn't happen until spices like cinnamon, cardamom, mm-hmm. um, ginger root are right. brought um, to other parts of the world. So, gotcha. Just a side note. So by the late Middle Ages, um, Europeans had their own version of gingerbread. So they would use gingerbread in those honey cakes. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, they would use ginger. Um, as a spice in those honey cakes, so it was kind of becoming gingerbread. Um, But they also used it to disguise the taste of preserved meats, a.k.a. spoiled meat. Oh, how lovely. Yes. How lovely. Eating something rotten and it has ginger all over it, you're more likely to not smell the stankiness. Were they they doing that just to, like use all the meat or yep. they okay let's see if they were doing it to like hey buy my meat it's uh okay. disgusting and gingery <laughs> yeah. also so you kind of talked about medicine but it was also being used medicinally um in the middle ages in europe so henry the eighth is said to have used ginger or a concoction of ginger in hopes to avoid getting the plague hmm. i don't know there you go I guess it which was. i don't think he got i don't think he got so he had a lot of other issues, but did not get the plague. Yeah. It's Christmas. Let's not get into that. Yeah, no, no. So gingerbread kind of became a favorite um, treat at festivals and fairs all over Europe in, you know, in France, England, Germany, mm-hmm. um, Poland. So they would have these gingerbread-like things, gingerbread cookie-like things, mm-hmm. um, all through the year. So it was okay. it was different shapes. So they were it was shaped cookie dough, basically. Um, but they would change based on the season. So like spring and summer would have flowers. Gotcha. Um, fall and winter would have animals, and they would do like armor and things like that. So it was the Reese's holiday shape of the day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they have their Easter egg. They have their pumpkin and bat. They have their Christmas tree. Yes, exactly. Excellent. Awesome. Excellent Excellent analogy. Is that an analogy or a metaphor? I don't know. So they would have sort of these gingerbread fairs in several cities all over Europe. Um, And the gingerbread cookies were called um, fairings. So like you'd go to a gingerbread fair and you'd get your fairing. Okay. Fairings. So it's really popular. Interesting. Um, It's funny because I feel like it's one of the – it's a popular cookie at Christmas – Yes, but we'll I feel get like into that. generally it's not the most popular. Obviously, it's not the most popular cookie, right. at least in the states. Yeah, exactly. I would say chocolate chip cookies are probably the most yeah. popular. But um, yeah, so this was gingerbread was not just for the winter holiday season; mm-hmm. it was for all year round. Wow. Um, and people were all about the gingerbread. So these original recipes would usually use um, stale breadcrumbs, 
as basically the flower. Interesting. Um, ginger, spice, and honey. Huh. Um, and it would be molded either by hand or some people would have like wooden molds for okay. these sh- like special shapes mm-hmm. that they were shaping things into. So in the 16th century, Engl- the English replaced breadcrumbs with flour added eggs, and started using different sweeteners aside from honey. So they would use sugar or molasses. Okay. Oh, there we go. Uh, and that w- that kind of made it a little bit more similar to what we know today. It was right. Like a, more of a, a tight, crumbed cookie. So scrummy. <laughs> so scrummy, yes. We've also been watching British Baking Show. Yes. <laughs> These are scrummy. Yeah, so the first gingerbread man is credited to Queen Elizabeth I. Really? Yes. Her, like, she... So she was. Made it? Well, she didn't make it. Okay, well, I'm just asking. I don't know. So, maybe she had a baking habit. A baking, I don't know. A baking hobby? No, I don't think so. Um, but her reign, she enjoyed having these really elaborate dinners mm. and would always be trying to like really impress her guests, okay. um, whether they were aristocrats or diplomats from other countries, etc. So for one of her feasts, she instructed her royal gingerbread maker, which apparently was a job. Wow. This is like how into gingerbread they were. No kidding. Back then. Um, She asked her chef to make gingerbread men that looked like the dignitaries and the courts of her guests of honor. Oh, that's fun. So it was said that this was kind of a political maneuver because there was a lot of like religious war going on at this time right and so it was very flattering or something like that yeah um so like basically i think britain was up against like france and spain oh okay so not i'm way off with the crusades Crusades were yeah earlier way earlier um but she would impress and flatter her guests by having these super elaborate cookies that looked like them. Oh, that's that's fun. I know. So it's, I think that would still work today, actually. Probably. <laughs> um, so this is, it's speculated that this is where the start of using like gold leaf decorations and kind of gun, gumdrop buttons and things like that got its start. So these kind of more elaborately decorated gingerbread men um, became sort of a symbol of everything that was, like, fancy and elegant um, okay. in England at the time. So they became, like, fancy cookies. Yes. I mean, they are fancy cookies. They but... are kind of fancy cookies, yeah. Um, but it was clearly enjoyed by all ranks of society. Gotcha. So it wasn't just for the, the aristocracy. Rich. Right, yes. Well, because all these, like, medieval cities would be having these gingerbread fairs. Mm. So... The, um, and yeah, in in testament to this, um, William Shakespeare's comedy, Love's Labor's Lost, there's a quote, um, by the clown in this, Costard, as he says, and I had but one penny in the world, thou shouldest have it to buy gingerbread. Hmm. So. Wow. I and did not, Shakespeare was not familiar with the complete canon of Shakespeare. So <laughs> clearly, I'm not either, since I stumbled through that sentence. But <laughs> it's hard stuff. He to mentions read. gingerbread, so that's cool. That's cool. Um, so gingerbread houses originated in Germany in the 16th century. That doesn't surprise me, based on how they look. Right. And for some reason, I always think of um, 
Oh, what's the 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 tale? Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Yes. So Hansel and Gretel came out um, in eighteen twelve, and that boosted the popularity of gingerbread houses. A horror story, basically. Yeah. So I couldn't remember that how the actual story goes, um, but it's it's definitely pretty dark. It is. Well, we were also like the the I don't know if that was the Brothers Grimm or not. It was, yeah. Um, the versions we were told as children versus the actual versions are way watered down. Yes, they are. Like, they were legit horror stories for children to keep them in line. Yeah. So, I guess the that story um, was based off of... So, for those who don't know, basically these two kids get lost in the woods and they end up at a house that's, like, made of candy. Mm-hmm. And this witch is inside and she is basically like using her house to like lure children in so she can eat them. Yeah, she like bakes them in her oven, right? No, she doesn't bake them. Oh, but that was she, like the version I heard. Yeah, I think she like is trying to fatten up Hansel oh, so she right. will eat, can eat him and then she like enslaves Gretel. That's right. Um, they push her in the oven. Exactly. Oh, so man. they, spoiler alert, um, they do manage to escape because Gretel pushes the old witch into the oven and then they escape into the forest. Coming 2021, Laura and Trevor analyze folktales. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what I didn't know is this is kind of based off of when the Great Famine struck in Europe in 1314. And there was a lot of... Um, Mothers who had to, like, abandon their children um, because of starvation. So the dark story kind of goes along with um, the themes of child abandonment abandonment and, like, issues like that. That's heavy. It is heavy. So, anyway, sidebar into that. But somehow that uplifting story (laughs) made gingerbread houses really popular. And these – so they were were super elaborate – typically not used or not created to be eaten um but were decorative for the holiday season which is fun and all but i mean you're covering that with a lot of sugar and candy that would be delicious if you were to eat it this is true this is true but this is kind of the first time that gingerbread is associated with christmas or the holiday tradition specifically with yeah So it's still, like, a little hazy as to why this happened, Um, but in part, it could be attributed to the the belief that spices kind of warmed you up Mm. in the winter months, Um, so some, like, warming spices, would you, like, associate that with the winter? And that's what I think of when I eat gingerbread. I mean, it's... The holidays. Oh, like, it's, like, like It's like a a winter Yeah, you, like, have it it. Yeah. Like, thinking about eating gingerbread in the summer, I'm like, I don't get it, but... Agreed. The other piece, and we kind of mentioned this before, is that ginger calms the stomach. Um, so sometimes, or some some scholars think that it's tied to the holidays because typically people are overeating around the holidays. Mm. So ginger is a good pairing to that because it settles your stomach. So gingerbread arrived in America, again, with the English colonists, Um the cookies were sometimes used uh, for politics, so they would try to sway voters. Have a cookie, vote for me. You know. Should have done what Washington did. Just give so, them a bunch of booze. I think it was actually similar, but the first American cookbook 
which was called American Cookery by Amelia Simmons and was published in 1796, has recipes for gingerbread, including soft variety, Mm. which is like more of a loaf of gingerbread, and then more of a cookie, so like a ginger snap Mm -hmm. sort of thing. The softer version of gingerbread was more common in America. And apparently George Washington's mother, Mary Washington, served her gingerbread um, to Marquis de Lafayette. Oh, oh, really? Yes, when he visited her home in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Side note, integral in the U.S. winning the Revolutionary War. Yes. That recipe is known as gingerbread Lafayette. Oh, that's cool. And it was passed down through generations of Washingtons. Which that, like, loaf gingerbread, like real gingerbread, is really good. Really good. I do love gingerbread. Like warm gingerbread Mm -hmm. with butter on it. You don't see it a lot. Yeah. It's mostly in the cookie form, which is also delicious, but... It's good. Get yourselves out there. Bake some gingerbread. Yeah. It's winter, y'all. We should do that, actually. Literally, today is the shortest day of the year. Oh, is it? December 21st. The least amount of sunlight out of all the days of the year. All right. Well, it you know, only gets it's brighter. only going to get better, It only guys. gets brighter from here, everybody. <laughs> That's great. So, do you know where the largest gingerbread house ever made was? Uh, country? Or is it in the U.S.? Country. I have to guess the state. Guess the country. Guess the country. U.S.? Yes. <laughs> guess the state. Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest uh, anything is always Texas. I know. So in 2013, Texas A&M Traditions Club, which is in Bryan, Texas, uh, was certified as building the largest gingerbread house. So it was not only uh, built in time for Christmas, but it also aimed to raise money for charity. What's the, do they give the size? So the final measurements were... 39,201 cubic feet. So the length of of it was 60 feet. The width was 42 feet and the height was 10 feet at its tallest point. That's like a ranch. It, it, I saw it. So I Googled the photos of it and it was. It's a legit ranch style house. That's wait, I'm doing the math in my head. I think that's more square footage than our house. uh, Oh yeah, it is. Um, it could house a family of five. Good God. Yes. So visitors were allowed to meet Santa for the cost of $3 per adult and $2 per child. And all the proceeds from the ticket sales went to St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. Did they say how they baked? Like, was it, I have so many questions about this house. Was it, was it like, first of all, um, there's no way there was like single panels of gingerbread. So they made bricks of gingerbread. Oh, okay. Um, and so the entire house, so this was, it was certified by the Guinness Book of World Records. Right. And the house had to be edible. So it was completely edible. I don't know that anyone I was allowed ate it, to eat it. Yeah. But technically they could have. Um, it, I'm certain people tried. The total combination of calories... If you added it all up, be thirty five million eight hundred and twenty three thousand calories. If you ate the whole thing, please. So, <laughs> good lord, your heart would explode like from the amount yeah, of sugar I mean, that you, you would just, consume. It would take you. Like, Did they hold the whole thing together it. with frosting? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. By the way, 
there are starving people around the world, and this is why people hate us because we're making sixty yeah. by forty by ten foot gingerbread houses in this country. It's true. It is impressive, though. I will say that it is, and it's kind of like it's I fun. Mean, it's kind of fun. It's really fun. Um, so they used four thousand gingerbread bricks. It used eighteen hundred pounds of butter. Holy shit! And a thousand ounces of ground ginger. Wow. So this thing was real big. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, wow. The photos of it were actually kind of interesting and cool. So there is a town in Poland mm-hmm. called Turun, Poland, um, and they have a gingerbread museum, which opened in 2015 inside of a former gingerbread factory. Um, and this factory was owned by Gustav Wiese who exported all of his – he exported gingerbread all over the world um, as far as Japan and Australia. Wow. And this town is actually famous for gingerbread. Um, they've been making it um, since 1380. Holy moly. Actually. Uh, and things like cinnamon, cardamom, clove, ginger, all those spices would go through Poland – and somehow this this town must have been like on the route or like something. Like a major trading city. Yeah. Wow. Um, so this town just became like yeah. a gingerbread legend. And the um, muse- and the museum of gingerbread is is there. Yeah, and it has like all the old molds and oh, that's really cool. Uh, different things, and it actually looks kind of cool. That so is really cool. If you ever cool. find yourself in Sharon, Poland, look for the gingerbread museum. Okay, so German version of gingerbread cookies are known as Liebkuchen. Liebkuchen. And people have been making these types of cookies for over 400 years, and it's a staple in street fairs, so much like medieval medieval times. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But these, so the German version, usually are heart-shaped and decorated with with names and, like, messages of love. So kind of like a Valentine. Oh, they're like conversation hearts. They are, yeah. Ah. So they actually look really cute. But people probably like them more. Yeah, I do hate those. I love them. Hearts. I love them. I love them. <laughs> They're Neko wafers, which kind of gross. Anyway, but yeah, so that is Liebkuchen. Liebkuchen from Deutschland. Yes. So, do you remember another gingerbread fairy tale or? I mean, store the gingerbread Sorry? man. Yes. Do you remember what happened to the gingerbread man? This is the one that goes like, run, run as fast as you can. You'll right. never catch me. So, I'm the gingerbread man. Remember what happened to him? Yeah. No, I don't. So I dec- I didn't either. I was like, I remember that line: "Run, run as fast as you can." So in 1875, the gingerbread poem comes out, and mm-hmm. it's like another weird children's fable. Right. Um, so the gingerbread man. So he's made by a baker and the baker's wife, and he when he's done in the oven he jumps out of the oven and runs away and he's like you can't catch me and so the people like chase him but he's too fast then we just want to love you (laughs) they wanted to eat him Uh, um and then he runs by like a cow and the cow's like "Ooh, you look delicious and he's like oh no you can't catch me i'm super fast and then he runs by a bunch of other animals Mm -hmm. and then he runs by a fox and the fox says i don't think you look like you're delicious like wouldn't eat you and so the gingerbread man stops and the fox turns around and eats him he was outfoxed he was outfoxed it's always a fox yeah so the 
moral of that story is kind of weird. It's like, don't trust anyone. <laughs> don't bake a sentient gingerbread man. Yeah. <laughs> First off. Yeah. Don't, yeah, don't trust anyone, really? You shouldn't trust anyone without consideration. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Which I guess is true. So, yeah, with a, with a simple bit of trickery, the fox was able to reap the rewards of eating the fresh gingerbread man. Mm. So, mm. Anyway. so, yeah, another kind of like weird story about gingerbread. About gingerbread. Yeah, that's pretty much it, actually. So, one other thing. The so in Sanskrit, the root of ginger was known as Shrigavera, which translates to root shaped like a horn, which huh. is actually fitting for what ginger looks like. It's a weird looking horn, I'll say that much. Yeah, but it's, it's like kind of just like it's weird. got like nubs on it. <laughs> it does have it does have a lot of nubs on it, yes. But it is delicious. I do love gingerbread. No, it's good. Or ginger. I I, I like ginger. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know, I like Pickled ginger with sushi, like, mm, can't I do it. I used to not like it either, but I have a taste for it now. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. But yeah, gingerbread, amazing. Gingerbread yeah. cookies, blast. I I don't have the patience to decorate gingerbread cookies. I love when they're beautifully decorated. Mm. I get very, I very little thing, very few things in this world give me anxiety. For some reason, decorating Christmas cookies gives me a high level of anxiety. <laughs> And Laura's seen it before. Yeah, I know. I panic and I go for like the most basic possible. I just don't want to mess them up. Yeah. It is a it's kind of stressful, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah, it but depends you're on who literally you're... an artist. Like you you literally yeah. are an artist. I sometimes have a steady hand, so that like does help when you're squeezing out the design. I don't um, know if it's the patience to just want to eat it, or if it's the anxiety level of like I want this to look really good, and I know that I can't draw. I think for like you, drawing with icing. I can't get this thing on the damn cookie. I think for you, it's the latter. Probably. I've never made it. Oh, actually, that's not true. So I have made a gingerbread house um, when I was like in. I don't know. I was probably like eight or nine or something. My Girl Scout troop. Mm. My mom made all of the fixins for us all to make gingerbread houses. That's cool. And I think it was, like, so much work. She was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so it was, like, ten girls, and Ugh. she had to make all the, the pieces of the gingerbread. Oh, my bread. gosh. Why didn't it wasn't of, really why didn't cool. Why did any of the other parents contribute? I don't know. I think it was, like, so you would – back then it was, like, you would alternate which – like, all the parents would, like, alternate who leads, like, a session or whatever. Gotcha. And that was what my mom wanted to do. Which was really fun, and I still remember it. But I think it was a lot of work, and we've never made another gingerbread house in yeah, I don't, family. I remember making maybe one or two yeah. as kids, but it wasn't a normal thing for us. Right. Well, I think in, like, grade school, you'd make them with, um, like, graham crackers. Oh, right, right, right. It doesn't really count, but you get the idea. It's true. Speaking of anxiety, trying to get a gingerbread house to stand up properly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, can't, I feel like there would be a lot of swearing if, that, if we tried that in our house. Yeah, we would probably just eat it all the. Yeah, like, like, right, well, give me another, this is just a cookie pile. Give now. me another roof tile. Uh, <laughs> we're out of roof tiles. All right, um, it's a lean-to now. It's not a house anymore. Yeah, this is a pile. Um, December twelfth is actually National Gingerbread House Day. Oh, so we just we missed that. We missed it. Maybe next year we can attempt to make a gingerbread house. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. 
We'll see. We'll see how see how twenty twenty one goes. You can eat all the the raw materials. Yeah, we can support a local artisan. Yes. By buying their ginger. Absolutely, house. absolutely. It's also a shame to eat them. I don't know. I'm, I'm all up in arms about gingerbread houses, apparently. I'm a big walking contradiction when it comes to these things. You can't have it both ways. Good Lord, I know. I try. I try. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think gingerbread and ginger in general, like ginger molasses cookies, oh, like the yeah. crinkle cookies are so good. So it is just such a warming, delicious flavor. It's true. I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you as I'm staring at our Christmas tree as well. I know. It looks so nice in here. So my references for this episode were uh, pbs.org from the History Kitchen, spruceeats.com, the history of gingerbread, smithsonian.com, time.com, readersdigest.com, and bustle.com. Delicious. Yes. They all sound delicious, especially (laughs) that PBS. Unbelievable. (gasps) Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Laura, this was another delicious topic. Yes. You've, you've been nailing the baked goods this season. I'm I know. I feel like we have fallen into patterns. Like it's I okay. do the desserts and you do like the heavy like, history. The heavy booze. The heavy history stuff. Also related to the heavier booze. But it's okay. Yeah. Rum, depressing. Prohibition, depressing. Burgundy, <laughs> not so depressing. Yeah. No, it's okay. We all have our strengths. But yeah, maybe next season we'll... Uh, we'll shake it up a little bit. Up. We'll shake it up yeah. a little bit. So yeah, we, all, we have one more. So we're going to... Record one more episode for this year. Yeah, we got um, yeah our, our season finale, our season finale is coming up next Monday, which is uh it's bittersweet. It's been a you know what started out as a really kind of a way for us to just be creative and get out of a honestly get out of a COVID rut mm-hmm. creatively has turned into this, which we've loved doing, and the response has been so warming uh, and appreciated. So thank you so much all for listening and for all the wonderful feedback. Uh, but don't worry, there's still one more episode this season, and there's Christmas yeah. to come before that. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, have a wonderful Christmas anyway. It's still a great day. Yeah. Happy holidays. Yes. Absolutely. To all. Happy holidays <laughs> to all the holidays. Um, <laughs> we love all of the holidays equally. We just happen to celebrate Christmas, and if you do too, have a great day. Yeah. And if you don't, also have a great day. Have a wonderful December 25th. <laughs> I feel like I'm botching this uh, wrap up. But right. On that okay. note, on that very clear note, <laughs> thank you as always for listening to another episode of Where Did This Come From? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platforms. And you can follow us on Instagram at Where Did This Come From Pod. That's at Where Did This Come From underscore pod. And we will see you next week for our last episode of 2020. Take care, everybody. Stay well. Be healthy. Thank you.